Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonhalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money, focus on your life. Money don't matter or the stuff it buys. It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash free book. And click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. We're so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonholz, flanked by my producer extraordinaire, Michael Terry. Hey, hey, hey. And we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. Our key today is our final key. It's the end of the season. I can't believe it. March is over. We've got National Financial Literacy Month next month and an incredible season coming up for you. But I can't believe season 18, our barely legal edition. I can't believe it. It's, it's, can you? Does no, it seem like no, it's... I know. It just seems like it's over before it got started. But uh, anyway, our key is become a voracious reader on today's show. Our moolah of the word of the day is something fancy and legal like letters testamentary. You know what that means? Well, you're gonna. You're gonna. And our minutes on your money. How about another IRS scam that you need to be careful of? Uh, trivia question is going to be based on last week's show, which was practicing the three R's. And today's guest is Mick Simonelli. We'll have an interesting conversation with him coming up on today's show. As always, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and happiness. So uh, Insiders Club members are entered automatically in weekly giveaways. And if you are not a member and would like to compete for great money management tools, all you have to do is answer today's trivia question correctly. So, as always, we base our trivia question on a previous show. And last week's show was on practicing the three R's. Watch out for this. I know, and you're going to get me with those oranges again. (laughs) So, the three R's, do you remember what the three R's were? No. Reading, Reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's not the three R's from Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Our three R's are review, revise, and recommit. So you had to gather the data from the three questions you answered. Okay? And so if you give me one of those three questions, you will be this week's winner. So the trivia question is name one of the three questions you answer throughout the season or throughout the quarter that you have to use before you can begin your review, revise, and recommit phase. It's actually your first step in review, revise, and recommit. So what are those, what are one of those three questions? 
And you can win one of three ways. You can call in, chat in, or email in to win. You can call in at 1-866-966-9420. That's 1-866-966-9420. Or you can hop in the chat room if you're listening live. Hi, I'm here. Come visit. Or you can email us if you are listening from a podcast and not listening live because you can still become a winner because somebody might not have given me the right answer. Like, And that gives you like... So a great opportunity, like, like, do you remember that from the Valley Girls yeah. stuff, like from the 80s? I mean, like, that's still like happening. I know, but they don't even, but it doesn't sound as good as it did. No. Do you remember Frank Zappa's daughter was, was her moon unit and yeah, she yeah. did that song, Valley Girl. Yeah. You remember that song? Yeah, I do. That was a great song. Yeah. Said, so, but I was in, a, I was in Arizona Valley. Like I was a Valley, the sun girl. Mm-hmm. I, but nobody wrote so a song you, about me. You did the whole like thing. You did, you, oh yeah. You were good at it. I'm so way good at it. Yeah. See, like way is my thing. Like way. so yeah. way good. Cool. It's like way cool, way good. Yeah. You know, it was another term that I used my senior year in high school, and I don't even remember where I got it from, but it was like hella fresh, hella cool, hella was like oh, my wow. prefix to everything. That's, that's definitely an Arizona thing. It didn't make it to the west. No, place. didn't make it out your way. Hella. Mm-hmm. That was so hella cool. Ooh, hella fresh. But everything was hella fresh. Hella. I was hella. Hell of a. Hell of a? Hell of a, hell of a good day. Nah, we, we shortened it. We didn't have that many yeah. syllables. Yeah. Hella. <laughs> hella. Okay. Uh, so you can email in to win if I didn't give that to you at trivia at uwradio.com. Cool. And if you don't have a hella right answer, or if you have no way idea, cool. if you have no idea what the way cool answer is, <laughs> like everyone can be a winner. <laughs> For the listeners from Unlock Your Wealth Radio Nation, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial just to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Visit our website. And for today's Minutes on Your Money, we have another IRS scam as we approach April 15th. And USA Today reports that the IRS wants to make it clear that first, it won't call you, and second, it won't demand that you put any money on a green dot card or other prepaid card. Uh, one Grand Blanc woman was so terrified by a supposed call from the IRS demanding money that she drove immediately to the bank while the suggestive caller remained on the cell phone. But the frightened woman shyly handed the teller a note that said, robbery in progress. The police <laughs> arrived at the bank, according to the Grand Blanc detective, Steve Hartfield, because the teller thought that that's who she needed to call. <laughs> Once the scam was explained, the police officer then asked, actually talked to the guy on the phone, Hartfield said. But the brazen con artist caller threatened to lock up the police officer if he didn't pay the back due taxes. So uh, we're looking at one totally whacked out tax time telephone scam. And it's a scam that's growing to be more pervasive, according to the IRS. The IRS wants to make it clear that they are not calling and demanding that anyone put money on a green dot card or any other prepaid card, uh, suggesting that you give the IRS your credit card number over the phone. Do not believe anyone who demands that you wire the IRS money either. And no, you're not going to lose your driver's license if you don't pay up. They're calling people and telling them that they're the IRS and threatening them. That's uh, Cindy Burnett. She's a special agent and public information officer for the Department of the Treasury. And she says that scammers have called taxpayers in nearly every state. They're hitting Michigan really hard. Burnett has heard of one case where the caller running a scam told a Michigan resident to pay the IRS by bringing a money order to a local gas station where the IRS would supposedly meet them. One Troy resident received a morning call on February 4th claiming to be from the IRS, and the caller demanded that the man pay and put $4,286.49. Like, what a weird specific number, but you think since it's specific, you'd be be more believable. On a green dot prepaid card, the man left home to get the money order, but his wife was suspicious and called the the Troy police. And once he was alerted about the scam, the man didn't buy the prepaid card or send any money. They've received two other complaints in the past month or so about this scam, and it's become a pretty crappy thing. So we've got to be careful out there. I mean, and and now that they're threatening people, that's just absolutely ridiculous. You know, and con artists are everywhere. 
you know, you got to be careful that you don't get your social security number out there. I wonder how they how they pick these people out of a hat. I mean, there must be a there must be a clue uh, as to who is stupid enough to fall for these things. Well, you know, from a marketing perspective, my thought is that you can take and, you know, credit reporting agencies sell data. That's how they make money. And so as an as a marketer, good, bad or indifferent, I can go and say, all right, I want names in this and this state with people that shop at and you can pick a particular department store or use a particular brand of credit card or have a particular credit score that range that they're in and you can you can get those and by zip code so i can go and you know low-income people are the easiest to pick on because they're usually uninformed they're working hard and you think about it they're in the survival mode so they're just living day to day. Right. So and again, brain-based financial literacy. What do we out. know? They do their their emotions start running high. Bam. Yeah. Logic brain cut off, and so they only go to what they know. And so if they're scared, and you know they maybe they grew up watching their parents being hassled about money or always having bill collectors mm-hmm. buy, or they're already in that phase where bill sure. collectors are already calling, it's no big deal for them to have another one in the pile, and so they're easier targets. You know what I mean? For little stuff like that. So it's unfortunate, but it's a testament to the state of the world that we're in. Yeah. So it kind of sucks. But anyway, be careful for tax scams because there's a few more days before April 15th. So you need to be aware of them. And uh, oh, and they will send you. They won't call you. They're going to they're going to send you a letter. Uh, the IRS. So, so you'll get a written letter that you owe taxes. They're not going to call you yeah, and solicit it like that. Calls. Yeah. So now, uh, so caveat emptor, buyer beware. We have so much more coming up on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We've got Moolah Word of the Day, Mick Simonelli, and our final key in our Keys to Riches financial wellness series, Become a Voracious Reader. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we'll be right back with more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah here with a moolah word of the day, or as the case may be, moolah phrase of the day. And it's pretty fancy, if I must say so myself, because it's got a multi-syllable word in it. Letters testamentary. What is that? Five wow. syllables? Yes. And so this is, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can I get some pasta fazool with that? We just ditched our Valley girl for the Italianos. We've got a little whoop-de-doos in our language now. So letters testamentary, this is important, especially if you are a beneficiary. It's documents that are issued by the court of a proper jurisdiction indicating what person, 
bank, or organization has been appointed as executor or administrator of an estate. So it's a very important piece of paper. So if there is a will, you will have an executor. If it is going through prorate, you will have an administrator. That's just like total bonus, not included in the price of today's lesson. So... So letters testamentary. So I hope each and every one of you receive one of those because you're a beneficiary of some great uncle you didn't even know you had, and he's leaving you billions of dollars. That is my wish for you. Yeah, I could use that. And then uh, when you get all that money, you need to come to me for financial coaching so you don't lose it all. So you know what they say. You know what the statistics for lottery winners is not really good. They're like broke or dead within two years. Yeah. It's pretty pretty sad. Unbelievable. Pretty unfortunate. Yeah, but uh, we have an incredible guest on our show today, Mick Simonelli, and he is a leading thought leader on innovation in financial services organizations. For the past five years, he served as the senior innovation executive for USAA, which is one of the big banks for the military, where he built and led the innovation program to world-class status. So if you've ever been able to make a deposit with a check by taking a photograph of it, thank him and his people because they created that because it's a little hard making a bank deposit when you're sitting in a foxhole in a third world country. Before that, Mick served as a lead innovator in multiple positions within the Department of Defense where he helped digitize and transform the U.S. Army. He is a certified management accountant and possesses advanced degrees in business and psychology. A natural change agent, Mick is an executive innovation practitioner with his innovation programs receiving numerous awards and accolades. And he now appears here on Unlock Your Wealth Radio today. I'm so excited. Mick... Welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Thanks, Heather. It's great to be here. I'm thrilled to have somebody with such an amazing military background with the Department of Defense and working with USAA, which is one of the greatest institutions that military people can do, just about every kind of financial service uh, known to man. They can plan financially. They can bank there. They can get insurances there. They can do all of their estate planning. It's, it's an amazing organization, and you've been an incredible innovator. And I think the one thing that we never talk about enough here on this show is the importance of giving financial education and services to the people that protect us and give us the freedom uh, that we enjoy today to curse and uh, our our president and all of our other political leaders about whether or not we should be in wars, which is not even a discussion. The fact that somebody's going to put their life on the line to protect our freedom and preserve our liberty, those people need to be looked after. And unfortunately, um, the, th- the things Amen. that are put in place don't, don't, aren't really known, like the Service Members Relief Act, you know, and things like that. Can you speak to some of the challenges that military professionals have um, that we as civilians have no idea that they go through just on a day-to-day basis, maybe financially, that, that wouldn't even occur to us because we've never had military experience? Sure, be happy to. Uh, first off, you know it's a it's a pressure cooker environment, uh, and I can talk about it. But even even I now being retired, I'm I I don't really get a sense of how tough it is. Um, having lived in it, though, I can talk about it. The uh, military is tough, anyways. Um, the mission of the military is to protect the nation, and as such, it's a critical mission. And so, the military uh, demands a lot out of our service members. Doesn't matter if you're Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. Um, they expect a lot, and we're their best in class. They're the best in the world, and there's somebody with something we can be proud of. So I'm glad you you want to support them. But right now, it's a pressure cooker environment. There've been, you know, for the last ten years or so, there've been two wars, and we forget that we're fighting two wars and have you know hundreds of thousands of people deployed uh, in Iraq, Afghanistan, and all over the world. And with that pressure cooker environment comes long hours time away from home, stress, 
priorities that don't relate to finances. Uh, when you're going to war, um, as I did a couple of times, the last thing on your mind, um, and I know it's important, and I, and I know it's key to, to protect your wealth and protect your assets and your finances, but it's the last thing on your mind. You're worried about the mission. You're concerned about the service members you're deploying with. You want to protect those people on your left and right. You're concerned about your family. You want to make sure if you have family that they're all right while you're gone. Fathers, mothers have to leave their children. And so all those things take top priority, and they tend to, um, rightly so, push financial matters to the background. Because Uh, you're going into, yeah. You're trying to stay alive. I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying, not only are you trying to accomplish the mission and make sure all your buddies get out alive, but you got to get out alive. Yep, exactly. And, and I'm, I was guilty of that too myself. I would, uh, um, I saved very little while I was in the military. And I was an officer and made way better pay than most of the folks in there. And, and I still kind of live paycheck to paycheck. And that's because when you're faced with all of that stuff, um, all of those competing priorities, financial matters, tend to go to the bottom naturally, and they have to, because you've got to, you've got to support yourself and your troops, and you've got to, you know, you've got to make sure your family's loved and cared for. Well, However, you know, financial matters are key to loving and caring for your family, so I'm glad you're, you're bringing the topic up and that you're talking about it. Right, and, and, it, and then if military service was a, a, a way to get rich, you know, uh, I'm sure that more people would be doing it, and... Yeah. Uh, in the ways to get rich, if it were, it's definitely one of the harder ways to get rich than, say, a civilian job. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Um, it, the military is not a place to get rich. People serve because they care about their country. People serve for a number of reasons, um, but they don't do it for monetary gain. Right. And um, anybody in the military will tell you that you're not going to get rich from digging a ditch. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. And right. so they so they do care uh, deeply about the country. They're patriots, um, but but money is uh, the money's not great. And you can see what military members get paid. It's public information. You, you could do it. Anyone can do a search, and you can tell you can know what the lowliest private up to the highest general makes. And it's not, and you'd be shocked at the money. In fact, some of our, many of our service members at the lower ranks who have families qualify for uh, assistance, food stamps, and other things. And it's a shame, but that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. And they still continue to serve, which is what's pretty admirable. Uh, one of the things that you do, and you do this for um, USAA, is you're an innovator. And, yeah. uh, you know, financial services, uh, you know, and, and, and I was a stockbroker in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And there is, you know, I mean, you could throw anything at the wall and it was going to stick because the market, we just had the crash of 87. So everything was going up and stuff and it was easy to do things. And I remember having, you know, if I wanted to execute a trade, I had to sign it in triplicate. So like, that's how I got to have like this just streak, this squiggly personalized streak for a signature having to sign things so many times just to execute trades. And now it's click, click, click. And that really kind of changed the face of financial services, especially as you've seen what program trading does to markets and how it can change your market and turn it upside down in virtually a day with program selling and all of that good stuff. But the industry yeah. is changing yet again, and you're at the forefront of that. And can you speak to some of the things that are changing and what the future of financial services is going to look like? Yeah. Well, financial services is drastically changing. And, um, you know, I'm, I, when I was at USA, I'm no longer there. We, we launched over 700 innovations in banking, um, insurance, um, and uh, like financial investment types. And uh, most of them were with the consumer in mind. But what's happening, the, the, the crazy thing that's happening right now, is, it's, it's a great thing, especially for folks who want to unlock their wealth, is that the consumer is becoming king. At USAA, um, the consumer was front and center. We called them our member. Um, when we built an innovation, we made sure there was a, a need or something that would delight them. Then in the middle, we involved them in the development. And then at the end, when we launched it, we would refine it and make sure it fit their needs. 
So what would be an example of an innovation? So folks understand what we're talking about. When you say you're innovating in banking, what are you doing? Are you making my life easier? Yeah. How, how are that's you doing great, that, Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something now that I'm consulting, something that I always ask companies when, I, when, when they ask for my help. I, I ask them, what, how do you define innovation? Because as many companies as are innovating, which is every one of them, they all have their definition of innovation. And so for, for me, and, and, I brought, and this was at USA also, an innovation is about doing things differently to serve customers better. It could be something small, like uh, you know, a new um, credit line or a new credit card. Some some big banks are now getting into prepaid um, debit cards, and they're they're giving great rates, and they're, and they're not requiring uh, fees or uh, you know no ATMs. That's a very small innovation. Or it could be something really big and disruptive, like the convergence of social media and mobile technology, bringing about mobile wallet or the Lending Club, if you've heard of that company, or Trade King that's using social media to trade. Um, so innovation is something differently that helps serve customers better. Now, that's my definition. And the reason I say it's mine is because sometimes I talk to companies now, and innovation for them is about making money. Mm-hmm. And in my definition, it's not there immediately because I believe that revenue comes from serving customers better. And that's my bias. And you could argue against me. Uh, but I believe that if you make products and services that make the consumer's life better, the revenue is going to come. The growth mm-hmm. for your company is going to come. If you start off just trying to go after revenue in more of a predatory manner for, with your innovations, you're going to end up with subpar innovations and unhappy customers. And I just don't think that's the way to go. So my definition of innovation is something that is an improvement that serves customers better. Okay. Uh, so, so an example, uh, at USA, you know, one of the big things USA is known for is one of the first early good innovations that really helped customers in the military was the deposit at mobile, the ability to take a picture of your check and deposit it. And that was, that came about and USA invented that. Now it's, getting to be everywhere, which is great. That came about because military members were all over the world and had checks they had to deposit. And USA is a direct bank and doesn't have the ability to have brick-and-mortar places everywhere. So we had to have a way for those military members to deposit checks from Afghanistan or from Japan or wherever they were at. A foxhole in a third-world country. Yeah. Right. And so it really met a need and it didn't make any money, uh, it, you know, initially. Uh, in fact, it cannibalized a little of the existing business uh, just within the company. But what it did do was was serve a, a real member need, a real customer consumer need, innovation that helped their lives. And so because of that, they just continued to use it, continued to use it, and it grew. And now, you know, it not only helps USA, but it helps a whole bunch of other companies. And so that's an example of a kind of a, a bank technology innovation that helped the customers. Mm-hmm. And my bank has that, too. They, they offer that. So that's neat that that came from, from a military standpoint. I have a bunch of other questions that I want to talk with you about. Uh, plus, I also want to talk about how you got to be the lucky duck to spend over $400 million of taxpayer dollars. You are listening to Mick Simonelli on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we'll be right back after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhall. Too much month left over at the end of the money? 
Tired of paying off debt like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on the Jiggy Jaguar radio network for your cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhall. And I am so excited because we have Mick Simonelli on the phone today, and we are chatting about challenges with the military, being a military person, and, you know, you, you get paid in, you know, valor and emotional respect and and reward and integrity and honor and all of that stuff. But financially, you don't quite have it. We're also talking about innovation and financial services. We've got, we're covering everything on today's show, Mick. And, you know, we left off, you were talking about um, innovation and financial services, and you gave us a great example with being able to photograph a check to make a deposit and how that came from a military need and how filling that need and that innovation served so many people. I just think about as a business person, sometimes, I, like, you know, right now I'm stuck in, in the, the studio recording and I won't get out till maybe sometimes after banks close. And so to be able to take a check from someone and photograph it and deposit it, you know, m- makes my life easier. I don't have to have to figure out how I could do that. So your your innovation there at USAA is serving more than just military members. So so I think that's great. What direction do you think financial services is going to go to? Are we going to go to being more mobile friendly, more electronic, not even needing a brick and mortar institution? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right on it, Heather. I think that's where we're headed, and I think we're headed there rapidly. Um, and I think, I personally think that banks, financial institutions, investment firms, and insurance companies um, are going to have to respond quickly to consumer demand to get us there. Um, right, you know, if you think about banks, the, the old bread and butter of banks was taking deposits and lending money, and kind of pushing products and upselling. Um, that's no longer the case economy and new regulations have made it tough for banks to, to make money that way. And uh, the consumer now has a much bigger say thanks to social media. And so what's happening is wonderful for the consumer and, and I think very good for uh, you know unlocking our wealth because, because we're all going to be more empowered and have options. And what I think is going to happen with bank investments, even insurance, is that they're going to have to become more partners with us. They're going to have to become more relationship-oriented. They're going to have to start doing things like deposit at mobile that make our lives easier. And then through that, we have a relationship, and we allow them to you know, invest our funds, and we allow them to have our accounts. And I really think it's headed that way, and that institutions and companies that take care of the customer are going to profit and do well, but institutions and banks and insurance companies that look at the customer more as a, as a uh, means to the end and push products without thinking about them aren't going to fare well. And so I think it's a great time. Bottom line, I think it's a great time for um, the consumer of the future. And that's refreshing to know that, that our voice is being heard and it's growing stronger, and, and, and that's awesome. Now, how do you get to spend $400 million? I know this now about you, uh, part of your DOD work, uh, Department of Defense. What an unlimited checking account, $400 million. How do you get to spend that kind of money? How does a guy like you get to have a checkbook yeah. that big? Yeah, well, I, it was your it was it was your taxpayer dollars, and I hope I did well with it. And it was um, it was immediately um, after nine one one. I got I was fortunate uh, I was unfortunate to be in the Pentagon during the during the plane crash. And um, like like many military members, uh, if you think back to that time, we were shocked, we were upset, and that, and that was my profession. So I volunteered um, to do something. Um, to help and got this great assignment. Uh, the war was, we were 
prosecuting the war in Afghanistan and got this great assignment in Afghanistan out of the embassy to be the comptroller to uh, build the Afghanistan National Army. So I wouldn't be out fighting, but while our, you know, while our special forces and other troops were out fighting, I was the guy that was building an army for the interim president at the time, Karzai, uh, and the, the only way to build it was with cash. And if you think, you know, if you think back, uh, if I could paint a picture of Afghanistan at that time, um, the population was illiterate. There was no power through the country, throughout the country. They'd just gone through about 20 years of war with the Soviets and Russia. There were no, there was no infrastructure. Um, the, there was no banking system. There was no currency. Um, the Afghani was a currency, but it wasn't used. You know, it was one of those things where you could get a wheelbarrow of them and you couldn't buy a, you couldn't buy anything with it. Mm-hmm. And so we had to fly American cash in there to build this army quickly. It was the number one priority of the of President Karzai. And so, um, in order to do that, and we were, we were, you know, most of our forces needed to fight, and I was a comptroller. And so, in order to do that, the, the DOD, I was fortunate enough to be trusted to receive that money and go out and purchase the things needed for the Army, such as billets, places for them to stay, equipment, training, How does one receive food. boatloads of cash like that? <laughs> Very carefully. Uh, looking over your shoulder all the time with your weapon ready. Uh, I would, uh, well... I got a special waiver in the country to travel alone because I had to go out and at the time you had to travel with two uh, up armored machine gun vehicles. But the the ambassador gave me a, uh, through my general gave me a waiver so that I could travel myself. And what I used to have to do is I would get in an up armored vehicle with my uh, interpreter and I would go out to the Kabul International Airport, which was running, but they cleared some um, debris, some plane debris off the runway, and they would land uh, the American planes there with the with the cash. And it was $20, new $20 bills, and it was in suitcases, and I would go out and I would sign for it. Oh, my god! And I'd throw it in the back of the vehicle. Yeah. Do you have your and own security detail? What? Did you have your own security detail? You probably had a decoy. So, like, yeah. you went your way, I, and you had the fake security <laughs> detail going the other, so they would chase those people, so you would, like, with the cash. I mean, that's like a movie kind of thing. I know. How, yeah, what a crazy I know. I wish experience. I didn't have a decoy. What a crazy Yeah, I didn't experience. have a decoy, and, and it, it was just me and my interpreter, but we did, it, we did the best we could. Wow. Now, you took and wrote a book about your experiences, and you referred to it. The title is great, Riding a Donkey Backwards. Can you share with us some, like, unusual money stories, you know, that you, like, things that are different there that versus what we're used to here in the U.S.? Sure, sure. Uh, it was it was full of unusual experiences, and uh, it was a great experience, Um one of the things that, that perplexed me, it wasn't a huge dollar amount, uh, but it perplexed me that I continually had to bring money to fix regarding the billets, the, the quarters that the new soldiers were staying at. We built, uh, we took the quarters and we upgraded them to U.S. standards, so they were pretty nice. And we spent, you know, millions of dollars fixing them up. And But I kept getting um, reports and having to pay for repairs that were weird. So on these new billets, the windows were always broken, completely broken out and shattered. Like vandalism? And the toilet. What? Like vandalism. Yeah, like vandalism. The toilet seats were always uh, missing, completely missing. Brand new toilets, American style toilets, and the toilet seats would be missing. And then the plumbing was always stopped up. Okay. Always, always, always. Plumbing stopped up uh, where, you know, and we couldn't figure out why. And so um, I actually made, because it was, because he kept having these recurring bills, I actually made a trip out there, met with special forces soldiers. We had some interpreters and we went around and figured out what it was going on. What do you think was happening with those three things? Any idea? Well, well, I would guess the kids would just be breaking the windows because they were just, you know, that's what kids do. No. 
Yeah, well, that's what that's what we would think, and that's that's probably what's going through my mind. That's what we think in in America, but the cultures are so different. I'll tell you what 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 it was from, uh, and also the circumstances. Um, the windows were broken from the soldiers themselves breaking them, not from vandalism, but because they were starting fires in their billets. What? They were started fires to cook and stay warm. And so what what had happened is is over the twenty years of war, most of their billets, most of their homes lost their roofs. They didn't have roofs in their houses. And they had gotten in the habit and grown up of just starting fires in the house for cooking and oh didn't God. understand that. the Yeah. And so they, they, they started the fires and, and the windows would be in the way and not open wide enough and they'd immediately break them. Very, very interesting. So they were breaking so your own windows. Simple. Come on, kids. Yeah. Let's go into the living room and get them to sit around the campfire. Yeah, they were breaking them, and we were paying for them a year taxpayer dollars. Uh, but, we, but that was easy to fix because we just had to do a little training. Now the toilet seats and the clogged toilets were a little more, you know, little took a little more training. Uh, we had to change some things for that. The toilet seats were missing because in Afghanistan they used the bathroom differently from us. They have a squatting position that uh, a lot of people will tell you is more healthy. So they don't they don't use Western style toilets. They have holes and they go to the bathroom in the holes. But what they had done is because we'd given them these state of the art American toilets, mm-hmm. they were using them, but they were using them their way. And when they went to stand on the toilet seat, the beveled sides of the seat made it shaky and unsteady. And so they were forced to um, pull the toilet seats off so they could get a good grip on the, on the seat with their feet. <laughs> so they would slip off. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and so, so the fix to that wasn't to train them to use American toilets. They, they did not want to use, and I can't blame them. And so what we had to do is we had to build Afghanistan-style latrines outside their billets because we couldn't build those in the in, Right, um, reverse engineer. Yep. And but so that's how it is like in China. You know, in certain rural areas of China that, you know, they just, uh, you know, and it's fully plumbed, exactly. but it's just like this yep. rectangular sink-like thing. Yep. That, that yep. It's and, a very and different. So, yeah, and so that's what's going on there. But the, but the most, uh, the wildest uh, thing was the blocked up uh, plumbing. And, and, and so why was, would that get blocked up? Because they weren't used to flushing? You know, they we they had paid attention when the special forces trainers, the American special forces trainers, had taught them about flushing. They just weren't using the toilet paper. What they were doing, and this one was hard for me to for me to wrap my head around, but it happened, uh, and it's what they preferred. Um, you know, in that twenty plus years of war, paper was scarce. In fact, it wasn't available, including toilet paper. So they had gotten in the habit, and these were young men from the villages that we had recruited for Army. And so they grew up in that environment, and they were in the habit of using smooth rocks in Uh, place of toilet paper. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I I don't have to explain the rest. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They were flushing the toilets. That's the good thing. But it wasn't the toilet paper they were flushing. Mm, yeah, so I can imagine a bunch of rocks with back. What what an incredible like story conversation that we've had today. We go from innovation <laughs> and photographing our checks to deposit them to rocks in the toilet. Well, uh, yeah. Mick, I, I've just been. I'm so glad you joined the show today. Can you, uh, if folks want to get a hold of riding a donkey backwards or finding out more about what you do as a speaker and an innovator, where can friends find you? Um, they can find me on uh, financialservicesinnovation.com or mcsiminelli.com, and and the book's available, you know, in all the online places. So um, I'm pretty out there and in, can in, uh, be found. Outstanding. Well, best of luck to you. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here. All you have to do is surf on over to Mick's show page, and you will find the linky links to his books, his speaking services, and more. We've got so much more in store. Stay tuned for more Unlock Your Wealth Radio right after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. 
Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside, they knew what they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. Heather Wagonhalls here from CrackingYourMoneyCode.com. Tune in to my Unlock Your Wealth update for your daily cup of money motivation. Weekdays at 1225 during the Midday News Report on Corey's Hometown Radio, 1370 AM, WWCB. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhall. And it is that time again for our Keys to Riches. And we are in our final key in the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, and that is become a voracious reader. Now, if you think about it, we started by maybe we were in denial, maybe we were avoiding taking responsibility for our finances. And now we've actually survived 90 days with a new program that is not only a good money management tool, but it's given us better tools to manage our lives with. Because if you think about it, with all this brain-based learning that we've done, we've been able to give you life skills, not just financial skills when it comes to using these tools, because you can apply these tools, these money management tools to weight management, career management. They are multifaceted because they have to do with the way the brain works. And so you just pick a topic and you can roll with it. And this key is for this week's show is become a voracious reader. Now, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the broadcast. I hope you're receiving some tremendous value out of today's show. And I hope you stick with us for next season because then you're primed and ready to go to start off with our first key in the following week, which is our acceptance and affirmation key. But first, we have to get through this week's key. And for those of you joining us for the first time, the Keys to Riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that not only teach you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money, it also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do that one week at a time, one key at a time from our Keys to Riches financial wellness series. And have I said that enough? Keys to Riches Financial yeah. Wellness Series? Maybe one more time. Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series. <laughs> My brain's on loop and it just keeps going and going. But this week's key is become a voracious reader. And this is an important key because I'd like to say first and foremost, I am not the be-all, end-all to money management. I'm merely your foundation to brain-based financial literacy. I am not an expert in Forex. I am not an expert in REITs. That's why I bring these guests to you each and every week so you can learn from the best that's out there. And this is why this key is so important. But let's just talk from a brain-based perspective about why you should become a voracious reader. And the reason why I became a voracious reader was because I had to drop out of college and I was always a big reader anyway, but I had to drop out of college because my mother got sick and I had to work full time because she had uh, at the time a pre-existing condition. So she couldn't be insured for this particular procedure. And I never looked back. I just, I dropped out of school and I just started working and I just kept looking forward and I was so scared that I wasn't going to be good enough 
that I kept reading books and reading books. And I remember going and seeing Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn when I was like 22. And they said, you know, that the average expert in any given field has maybe read three books. Really? Yeah, in their own field. And if you want to become an expert in your field, you should read a book a week. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not the average person. I don't have a college degree, so I'm not good enough. So there's one of my fears that plays out not being good enough. That's where my overachiever comes from. So I decided to read two books a week. And I still to this day read two or three books a week. And now I can read with my ears, thanks to our sponsor. Do you read novels or nonfiction? Mostly nonfiction. But if I do read fiction, it's crime. I like to solve crimes. Okay. So I like I like murder mysteries. I was a Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys kid, yeah, yeah. you know. So I don't know what the what the new generation reads, but uh, the, 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 you know the the, the female uh, bounty hunter in New Jersey. What's her name? Oh, I don't know. You know, there's a female bounty hunter in New Jersey. Is there a show about it? She's the character in Vladovich uh, or uh, you know the. I don't know. He stumped me now. Well, by the, by the end of the show, I'll have a name for you. There you go. Okay. Thanks to the miracles of modern technology, you will have infinite wisdom and be able to share that with us. So uh, regardless, that's how I started my voracious reading. And then the more I learned, the more I wanted to know. And the more I learned and the more I knew, the more I applied. And the more I applied, I learned that I really didn't know anything. And, you know, because when I was 18, I knew everything. <laughs> And and now that I'm in my 40s, I know that I really don't know a fraction of what this world has to offer. But I continue to read in my quest for infinite wisdom. But there's reasons specifically that reading is so powerful. So when we read, we permanently alter our neural pathways. So if you take in information... But through reading, you've got the visual, maybe you're even reading to yourself in your mind, so you're hearing yourself read the words on the page. So you are permanently altering your neural pathways. That's why they say it's so critical to avoid negative anything. You know, I remember the big deal with some of that death metal music that was coming out and some heavy metal and acid rock and all that stuff, and they felt like, you know, it was influencing kids to do things that they shouldn't be doing. And of course it is because through repeated exposure, you carve the neural pathways and then it's there. And when the brain goes into a survival mode or an emotional mode, it cuts off the logic brain and then you're left with what's patterned in. And guess what's patterned in? If it's murder and mayhem, by golly, that's what you're going to potentially resort to. So Stephanie Plum is the girl. Yeah, she's the character. She's the character? Uh, Janet Ivanovich is the writer. Oh, okay. I've read some Ivanovich books, but I don't remember that being the name. Yeah. So, uh, so when we read, it permanently alters our neural pathways. And that's a good thing because changing up the way things are going, if they're not going right, it gives you a new direction to go in. Brain speaking, electrochemically speaking. Reading great writing also elevates our thinking. It elevates our thinking, our thought processes, and because we can see how scenarios play out, reading great writing also shows us alternative scenarios. And you can judge then from uh, a perspective of knowing through third person, like you read and you learn that experience because you're taking it in and creating the neural pathway as if it was your own. So that's the great thing about reading great writing. Um, in addition to it elevating, you know, your thinking, it also elevates your ability to communicate. So you can express yourself more completely, more succinctly, more eloquently, because you expose yourself to, and, and I'm talking about great writing. I'm not talking about tabloid stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about Stephanie Plum. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on, on, no. on, on the quality. No? No, probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you're raising my curiosity. Now I'd have to go get a Stephanie Plum book and check it out. But reading great writing elevates us to another level. It raises our consciousness and it expands our awareness. And when we have more resources available, 
that gives us more tools to make more effective decisions. But one of the keys, I think, is that you can see, especially if you read, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, you can see the choices that individual characters make and how that plays out. And you can say, oh, that wasn't good. Or maybe you've been reading a book and you're like, oh, no, no, don't do that. Don't touch that switch. Don't kiss that guy. Don't do this. You know, because you get emotionally engaged. So you're testing and improving your decision-making abilities by being able to live vicariously through someone else. And while experience is the greatest teacher, one of the greatest things about the brain is the brain doesn't distinguish between an actual experience and an imagined event. The only thing that separates us from schizophrenics and psychotics is that we consciously can tell what our fantasies are from our realities. But from a memory perspective, the brain carves the neural pathways the same way. So if you can see someone else's relationship or decision-making dysfunction, you can immediately be like, er, er, putting on the brakes as you're reading this material, and you're going to create another neural pathway just by the reading process, as if you lived it yourself. So that's another really cool thing. You get to live vicariously through someone else. So I always like to solve the murder mystery, so I'm like this queen detective, you know, in my mind. But, you know, I see where the flaw in people's decision making is. I see where the problem solving stuff is because I continue to read these and you start seeing patterns develop. So that's the neat thing, especially about serial books like the Nancy Drew mysteries that I had or Agatha Christie, all of that stuff. So so even if it's fiction, it's great for you because it's working on those neural pathways. Uh, One of the best benefits I have found Because of the way the brain carves these neural pathways, because reading permanently alters your brain, the next time you are engaged in a a conversation that escalates to a conflict or an emotionally charged event where you will typically start dumping hormones and shutting off that logic through brain because this is already carved in, it's going to be a resource you didn't have. So it will give you the words you need to use when you need to use them. And that's the beauty of it. Have you ever had a conversation, Michael, that got heated, and then you walk away and like 15, 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, my God, I should have said that. Oh, all the time. Okay, and do you know why that is? Well, we we talked about it. Okay, it's because your brain had dumped some hormone, and it shot off that logic through brain, so you didn't have access to that resource. So as soon as that resource came available, then you could think about it. So the next time this scenario presents itself, now you have that resource because you were able to carve that pattern in when you had your epiphany moment after all of the hormone wore off. So now when you get to see how these things play out and you read these things and it carves the neural pathways, that's now a resource that's in your survival brain. So that now becomes a tool you have in your toolbox to use under duress. So if you flip into hypervigilant mode, you're ready to go. Yeah. So the words, have you ever had a moment uh, where you have been emotionally engaged, but all of a sudden these words just start coming out and you're like, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. But you're like not sure where it came from? I don't think I've ever been, had a moment of brilliance. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm sure not, you've had. Not, not in any kind of angry state. I'm, I'm, I've always just said stupid stuff. I just don't, you know, the, the right words don't come. Okay, well then perhaps you should read some more. Yeah, possibly, yeah. You know, because when you see that play out, I mean, that's been one of the greatest gifts about reading is like all of a sudden, because I'm smelling this situation that's eerily familiar to something I've read, yeah. all of a sudden those words come to me. I'm ready to go. TV doesn't do it. TV doesn't do it. Because reading is an active project. Reading is not watching. Because you have to take, your brain has to process each character. And it has to interpret the characters to make words and interpret the words to make sentences. So it's a completely different process. TV is hypnosis. So when people say, oh, I don't believe in hypnosis. But if you buy Bic razors and drink Bud Light and you're a Super Bowl fan... Hello, I know why. Because <laughs> you've been hypnotized. Yeah. Because your brain drops into this alpha state. But reading is an active process. And so it's actively carving neural pathways. And so it's totally different by the way you process it, that it embeds deeper. You know, you can read something once and remember it better than you can see a commercial five times. Yeah. 
It's that, that's how powerful reading is. So reading great writing is critical for your success. And now that you have gone through the program and you have financial literacy, I encourage you to proceed forth and take that literacy into financial fluency. And the only way to do that is to start reading other authors and other specific information. Now that you know what the foundation is, now that you know what's expected of you, you know the three questions and the five areas of concern you need to ask yourself, you are now prepared to go out and pursue financial fluency. Identify what types of investments you like, why you like them, and then you can begin the investment process for yourself because you've been saving and setting up your emergency funds, now you can start taking those dollars and start investing them to multiply your net worth. So for this week's key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members-only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt, and have more money and happiness, do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash freebook and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio and Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.